I owe Biggie an apology already. He doesn't even know it. He has no idea. My dearest friend. My my dearest friend sitting in there, and I was too quick to swipe at you today, and here's what here's what it was, okay? Ten minutes ago. We're just sitting there, you know, another show prepared. Sitting mm-hmm. back going, mm-hmm. Now all <laughs> Nothing we can do except wait for the clock. Now it's just execute. You know, now it's execute. The, it's, the, the plan is in place. There is a, a grid here. Now it's go out and execute. And it's just time to chit-chat. I'm having uh, the last minute Celsius, sitting there watching uh, the news for the next five minutes. Then we walk into the room. Okay. Chris Dim says, here's something interesting on Twitter. Who was your favorite athlete when you were 13 years old? I instantly said Michael Jordan. It was 1984. He played for the Tar Heels. It was his last year there. I absolutely idolized him. I say to Chris Tim, who's yours? He instantly said Reggie Jackson. He's 13 years old. This was mm-hmm. 1975. We mm-hmm. played for the A's then. Played for the A's. They're in the middle of winning a bunch of championships. I, you know, I never loved Reggie Jackson, and but now looking back, I do. You know, I, I was. I, no, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Wow. I never liked him. That's a late bandwagon bitch move. I'll tell you why. I hated the Yankees, and when I remember, he was a Yankee, so I couldn't stand. It. Plus, he was like cocky. You know, that's how I considered when I was a kid. But now, when I look back and I hear interviews with him, I'm like, okay, he was. It's pretty cool. And when he played for the A's, which I don't even remember, mm-hmm. he was just phenomenal. So, anyway, I say Michael Jordan mm-hmm. instantly. Chris Tim says Reggie Jackson instantly. Chris Tim says, I wonder who Biggie would pick. And that the year would be 1996. Biggie would be 13 years old at that time. I, you know what I said about you? I said, he won't know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even hazard a guess, Biggie. Said, he, he won't said, know. He won't even know. I said, he'll say Kobe Bryant, but that's not right. He won't mean That's no. not right. <laughs> It couldn't be true. <laughs> then, no. then Chris Depp said, well, he's a Cubs fan. I said, well, he pretends to be. I mean, he's bandwagon. <laughs> what? No, I'm not. <laughs> I said, he's bandwagon. Yeah, he ain't Cubs. He ain't going to know any Cubs from 1990, 1996. <laughs> and Chris Depp said, what about football? I said, he ain't going to know no football players from 96. <laughs> <laughs> so who is your favorite athlete from when you were 13 years old? Hmm. When I was 13, it would have been 96. It would have been all basketball for me. Jordan? Um, heyday, Jordan. I lo- you know, it was Jordan heyday, and I wore mm-hmm. his shoe. I mean, all I wanted every summer was shoe, Jordan shoes. You know what Chris Dim said? Chris Dim said, well, he's a big Duke fan. I said, what is he going to say, Mark Allery? <laughs> yeah. Think Mark Duke, Allery? Come on. Duke, but at the time, <laughs> I was really into the Charlotte Hornets. So you're going to mm-hmm. say, so I would probably grandmama? Say, no, I was going to Muggsy Bogues Muggsy. basketball camp. Muggsy Bogues, your yeah, favorite athlete. I went to, mm-hmm. so I was a big, I, every summer I'd go to Muggsy Bogues basketball camp when I lived in the Charlotte area. You know what? So I'd say probably. You have a tougher time because 84 is Jordan. I yeah. Mean, I mean, there was, ne- as soon as Chris Tim said, I was like, oh God, I just, I, I had everything he had. For him, Reggie Jackson, mm-hmm. for 96 I mean, who are the stars? And I'm Jordan, but Jordan. Uh, but uh, everybody yeah. loved him. Yeah, Mike Tyson. He was the, one of the highest paid athletes of '96. I yeah. looked it up. And you have to, but you have to really be a boxing fan. Yeah, and, it, and, and he, you know, he'd been he was up and down by then. right? Yes, he had been. I think he was in jail and out by then. Yeah, yeah. wasn't he? He was maybe because he won the title yeah. in what '86. Yeah, because early '90s he went to jail for yeah. a couple of years yeah. and then came out. You know, it was it, what's funny is in '96 that would have been. 
Also, like I uh, living in that in the Charlotte area is just big hornet. So Dell Curry was there, mm-hmm. and uh, I met uh, young Stephen Curry. You met him when he mm-hmm. was a little kid, very little kid, because his dad brought the, him and his brother mm-hmm. to Muggsy Bogues basketball camp. That's cool. You should have gotten his autograph when he was a kid. It's well, funny it's a story. Sa- sounds okay. creepy now. Well, yeah. listen, and here's yeah. why I say it. You know that famous story about Grant Hill. You know that famous story about Grant Hill. Do you know this story? Which one? Well, Calvin Hill played for the Cowboys in the 70s. Yeah, as Grant's father. Grant's father. And now I don't know if this is true or not. It may be an urban legend, but I've heard through the years that at one point Calvin Hill was at a charity or celebrity golf tournament. And Calvin Hill was a good football player. I mean, he's not. Win a ring or two? Probably with With the Cowboys, Mm -hmm. but not like a Hall of Famer or anything. And somebody, now this I've heard, I don't know that this is true. That somebody got Calvin Hill to sign a magazine that he was on, and Calvin Hill's young son was standing next to him, and Calvin Hill gave it to his son to sign also, and he scrabbled out Grant Hill, and the guy got it back and thought, well, this is ruined because this kid put his autograph on it, and it turned out to be Grant Hill. Mm-hmm. So later he has it framed and everything because it says Grant So if you had creepily asked Del Curry... <laughs> Get your young yes. son to sign this in case he grows up to be your something. toddler. That's right. Can he stop dribbling the ball for a minute? <laughs> Ironically, even then he was launching threes at the basket. I'm sure he was. <laughs> and Four his handles are yeah. sick. Just heaving them up. That's right. Uh, so, I have something signed by Ken Griffey Jr. and his dad. What? That's cool. Yeah. That's money. That's money, player. Yeah. Well, it's hard to say because stop I don't it. have That's money. You better sell that. Uh, I don't have any way to do chasing the dollar. <laughs> That's all I do. Is chase well, it. all you do. I chase a dollar. Here's now. the problem. It's, mm. it's uh, we had friends who used to own like a portrait studio, mm-hmm. and they did sports portraits. Mm-hmm. I have tons of old Charlotte Hornet stuff. I have a Michael Jordan. Yes. Um, and I have a Ken Griffey Jr. and Ke- Ken Griffey you mean, Sr. signed photos, like a portrait that was like signed, drawn, and then they both signed it. Uh, junior and senior. Yes. The problem is I have no like certificate of authenticity yeah you know this was from the 80s well, people 90s. believe you people yeah. believe you and well i mean you do people now it's hard to say uh, well there's such a market there's such a of, yeah but i've always i have it still sealed and wrapped up in my closet i always mm-hmm. have the point is i apologize i said mm-hmm. to chris deb biggie's so thick-headed he won't be able to go back to 19 <laughs> oh no i know I, I loved it that was my that was i we played basketball all day and night in the summer you know what i'm ashamed to say I'm ashamed. So I said, Biggie's probably he's driving through drive-through windows at McDonald's, and so <laughs> was his favorite athlete, all- Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> I was 13. I couldn't even drive. I said, Biggie's stuck over there, having- fat shaming me. And the- Biggie's having nothing but Big Macs, and oh, uh-huh. he won't yeah. know sports. He had no idea. Uh-huh. He was a little bum the hamburglar. What a terrible, terrible thing to say yeah. about my my dearest friend. And here I am mm-hmm. talking about. I owe you an apology. You do actually. You're fat shaming a 13 year old. Well, he's he's bandwagoning with Reggie Jackson and now you. Hundred <laughs> percent. He's right. really late on these. Hundred percent right. And here I am. How could I do? And I. So many of these programs, I start by saying, "Biggie, I owe you an apology." <laughs> I think I don't know what it is. I guess leading up to showtime, I've got you in my crosshairs for mm-hmm. whatever reason. I threw a challenge at him late today too. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know it's uh, normally we don't get into this kind of thing, but today is. And you talk about something that's been completely created. That came from nowhere and means nothing. May the 4th be with you. The Star Wars. Do we know when that originated? I'm sure our fact check could dig it up. But. Ten, 
10, 15 years ago? I feel like that's when I started hearing about it. I, I bet it came along real er, earlier, but then it became part of the I think it, culture. It, I think the internet also Absolutely. made it much bigger of a thing. I think I heard it for the first time maybe 10 years ago. You just kind of hear it, but then, yeah, it becomes... Mm-hmm. And then, of course, people have to profit over it. You know, and uh, television stations today play Star mm-hmm. Wars over and over and over again. I'm sure there are retail outlets giving May the 4th be with you specials and all that well we saw something on television and i threw this at biggie i said get this piece i want i want audio from 1983 excuse me 1983 i was was a newborn do you want to shame me too (laughs) (laughs) you don't know star wars (laughs) what do you know about star wars Said the man who confused Jabba the Hutt and Boba Fett. Let's face it, I pretend to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really. I'm not really. No, they did a piece on ABC News in 1983 about the movie Return of the Jedi, which was coming out. And by this point, it had become such a big deal because six years earlier, Star Wars, out of nowhere, had become a huge hit. Then Empire Strikes Back. And now it's Return of the Jedi time. Now, that's 40 years ago. It's literally 40 years ago this month. And so they sent a reporter to the streets in Hollywood where people had lined up for days to get the first tickets to see Return of the Jedi. Yeah, people in sleeping bags. That was a thing. On the street. Even then, that was a, that was a thing for that movie, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but man, the tone is so different than what you'd get today. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Here, David Brinkley... ABC News was guest anchoring on the ABC Evening News. Now, you want to talk about a guy reading through this, this through gritted teeth. <laughs> As Biggie said, the tone is. When they completely... handed him the rundown. Oh, he's probably. And we're going to close with a uh, <coughs> Star Wars piece. <laughs> oh, what? what? <laughs> it's it's going to be the biggest thing in the nation <laughs> for weeks. What? No. Are you kidding I have me? To read this? So David Brinkley, the, the movie's going to open in two days. They've already had people camping out for a week outside the theater. And David Brinkley reads it like this. A new movie, the third in the Star Wars series, opens on Wednesday. And when it opens in Hollywood, some will have been waiting in line for more than a week. And it is clear the audience will not be your ordinary mom and pop and the kids, as ABC's Judd Rose reports from Hollywood. You should see his face. <laughs> Look at it, all these freaks out there, you know. <laughs> These hippies. Uh, <laughs> all Disgusting. These, these freaks sitting in front of the theater doing nothing for a week to watch this Don't movie. Don't they have jobs? A new movie mm-hmm. <laughs> in Hollywood. And so the reporter goes to the first fan he sees and talks about him. These are the 50-odd, emphasis on odd, men and women who camped outside a Hollywood theater, some for the past six days and nights, to be first in line for Jedi. I know why I'm supposed to be here. Why? Because I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> How's that for you? You're these oddballs. Look at these losers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, look at these Raise odd. your hand if you've ever been touched by a woman. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone. <laughs> flicks his cigarette at him. <laughs> you could do that then. Yes, yeah. yes. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, then you could. Different. Yeah. What a different time. Look at these oddballs. Oh, <laughs> you never do that You can't now. call somebody an no. oddball now. <laughs> this is the largest collection of freaks in Hollywood <laughs> Yeah. since Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. <laughs> yeah. 
Now some that guy would say it's this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, People would be like, Oh God, uh, oh, oh, yeah. live your truth. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, he's a real Jedi. Embrace your inner nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Back then. What are you unemployed? <laughs> you beatnik. <laughs> you do it out here. So then they uh they The good news is some of them will be mugged. <laughs> Hopefully, three of these people won't survive. That's the what? Yeah. Apparently, they're in a terrible neighborhood. They're in a, it's a Hollywood Boulevard, and it's just an awful, seedy section of town. And the guy says, "We're in a bad neighborhood." But when he interviews one of the fans, the fan says, "Well, you know what? That sort of coincides with the movie." Jedi will be opening in more than 950 theaters nationwide. This one happens to be on Hollywood Boulevard, an unsavory part of Los Angeles. <laughs> where it's not surprising to see strangely dressed people sleeping on the sidewalk. But even in this high crime area, the fans of Jedi have triumphed over the forces of darkness. Most people you consider bad are on our side. It's like the force is with us. That's right. Oh. Bad people really are on your yes. side. But people the- sleep on these streets all the time. <laughs> these idiots are here by choice. <laughs> They're not strung out on the crack <laughs> or the heroin. <laughs> What a group of losers. <laughs> Back to you, David. And didn't they have... Oh, my God. I saw some of the videos. Biggie, you may have, too. They had mm-hmm. primitive versions of what, you know... Lights, you can only do so much with a lightsaber, yeah, but yes. they just had, like, little flashlights. Yeah, that's yeah. all it was. That's all yeah. they had then. That's yeah. all they had. And some were dressed up. There was a guy dressed up like Darth Vader. And they made yeah. fun of him, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, Look at this guy walking mm-hmm. up and down there. Oh, in costume. Look at this gimp. And finally... <laughs> some of them had taken a cutout of a star it's like a gold cellophane and put it over an actual star this is where the hollywood stars are and they made one for george lucas who had not he didn't have one yet so they put Uh, it down as if it was george lucas's star and there were more interviews of people now finally getting ready to go into the theater. This morning, the Jedi faithful dedicated a makeshift star in honor of Star Wars creator George Lucas. That's one way of passing the time until the first show, which isn't till Wednesday morning. But already, those at the front of the line are making plans. It's going to be nice and dark and warm in there, so we're going to probably go straight to sleep. <laughs> Judd Rose, ABC News. Hollywood. I'm as disgusted as you are, folks. Did he say straight to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> he did, David. <laughs> then they went back to David Brinkley, and he's like, the real news now in Nicaragua. <laughs> Your top story tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know that David Brinkley oh, did not relish no. doing that story. And here we are now, 40 years later. Right. And look where we are. Still doing Star Wars stuff. And now the whole day has become Star Wars Day. Mm-hmm. May the 4th be with you.